looks like password managers may no longer be an option. I, I hate to say I told you so, but that's kind of the point of this episode. We look first at the latest ransomware report from Veeam, and there's some great lessons and some scary lessons there. And then also we talk about what cyber insurance companies are up to and what that means for password managers. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me my heat stroke counselor, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Prasanna? I'm doing well, Curtis, and I'm glad we're able to record this video instead of you being stuck in a hospital or worse. So there is that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, that was not a smart move on my part, the... <laughs> event to which I'm referring. Uh, so this was what, was this two days ago? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Two days ago today, I decided to go for a walk. You know, I, I'm, I'm by myself right now. The, 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 the last batch of the kids have moved out. My wife's down in San Diego with her mom at the moment. And so I was like, I'm going to go for a walk on the beach. I'm going to bring a, a towel to like lay down on, but I'm not going to bring any water and I'm not going to like plan how far I'm going to walk. I'm not going to bring a hat. I'm not going to bring a hat with my, with my bald spot back there. I'm not going to bring a hat and I'm just going to walk one direction and I'm going to keep walking until I feel like turning around and then I'll walk back. Uh, it didn't go well. And <laughs> I, I was, I was, uh, I, you know, depending on which, which website you looked at, I was somewhere between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Cause I did have like splotted, sp spotted. That's not worth spotted. It's modeled. That was a mixture of modeled and spotted skin. Mm. Um, uh, and, uh, I wasn't sweating that much. I was kind of dry. That's the sign. That's the true sign of, of heat stroke is if you're no longer sweating. Oh, really? Body. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, if you're, if your skin is dry, um, then you have no moisture. Um, you have no moisture left. Your body has done everything it could to save you and it's given up. Um, or it has not, has no moisture left to use. Um, so that basically means you quite, should was, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I don't think I was quite there. But I was I was definitely approaching that when I approached the lifeguard tower and I said, I'm going to borrow some of your shade. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm going to lay down right over here. And he's like, are you OK? And I'm like, I don't think so. Um, and I'm like, I was like, I think I overexerted myself. And then I laid down underneath the sun well, underneath the shade. And uh, that's when I called you because I was a little I was a little freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you were fine. Like, hey, though. Like, uh, you weren't super delirious, which is good. Yeah. So I, wasn't, yeah. I think your exact words were, I was no weirder than normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it also, 
says, right, if that walk sort of you got to the point of dry skin, you're probably not drinking enough fluids during the day, Curtis. Mm, you know, is beer a fluid? Beer is... <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. I just. I just. The thing is, when I go for walks with my wife, right? She's the one who's like, "Make sure you bring your hat. Let's make sure we get some water." And and she wasn't here, and so I just went out like a but, like a buffoon. But, but how long have you and your wife been married? Thirty coming up on thirty-five years. Okay. And you don't have her voice in your head at this point, 35 <laughs> years later, being like, I do, I do, trust me. But you know when it came, you know when it came in, in this time was when I got, once I got too hot. That's when the voice came in. It was like, why didn't you bring water? Why didn't you bring that? Why didn't you bring that? Uh, yeah, so. Well, thanks for being there, Persona, when I FaceTimed you. Did you notice? Did you notice that it was? You were like, "Why is he FaceTiming me?" Yeah, because I don't normally yeah. FaceTime you. Yeah, no, and that's I why like, I was, I was like, lying huh. flat on the beach, and I was like, uh, "Where am I? <laughs> guess where I'm at." Yeah, guess that's right. Guess where I'm at. Yeah. Well, and, right. and so here's the other thing I think our listeners would appreciate or find funny is, so you brought not one towel but two towels, and yet and you towels. ended up just sitting on the sand without laying out any <laughs> towels that again shows you the level of exhaustion that i had because i yeah. i had those towel i had like a big towel and then like a regular towel and i just plopped them down on the sand and then i plopped down on the sand and mm. then i climbed into my brand new tesla with sand, sand. all over my body <laughs> needing to needing did you to... at least have water in the car or no no, I had to drive, and where I was at, I had to drive a ways to get to water because I was at a state park, and there weren't any like vending machines in the state park, yeah. and I had to drive, uh, like, I had to drive a ways. I did stop at the first rest area that had that had water, and I got a water and a and a Gatorade, um, and then I was functional. <laughs> but, I did use the uh, the Tesla's feature of turning on the air conditioning before I got to the car. Yes. I was like, I want this to be nice and cool when I get there. But anyway, so thanks for being there for me, I'm buddy. glad you survived, and I'm glad we're able to continue bringing awesome content to our listeners. <laughs> You're glad that me and the podcast aren't dead. Um, yes. Yeah. So... Um, so we're going to we're going to talk this. I, I called, the, you know, when I when I, when you when you when I said this to you, you're like, what? But this is I think this is an I told you so episode because we you know, we were looking in um, just looking in cybersecurity news, backup security news. And you found a couple of articles. I found a couple of articles and they kind of all point to the same thing. And that is that. We were right. <laughs> We've been trying to tell people to do some stuff to take care of some things. And, you know, once again, um, you know, we have we have the photo. We have a, a couple things here. One is this uh, 2023 global report of ransomware ransomware trends. That's a tongue twister. Ransomware <laughs> trends 
um, which comes from the data protection trends report from 2023 from Veeam, um, our friends over there at Veeam. And then also, um, you know, an interesting story from, uh, where was that regarding the strengthening passwords from bleeping computer? Yeah. Um, about the value about an interesting, I'm, I'm going to say unexpected value of password managers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which one do you think we should start with? You want to start with the ransomware trends? Yeah. Let's talk about the ransomware trends. Yeah. Um, and you can get this report yourself. Uh, just Google the data protection trends report from Veeam. Uh, and they have, a, they have a lot of, um, it's a lot of, really interesting things here. Um, the, I think the biggest number that pops out here, I mean, these are always interesting. I think I know when, when, uh, when I used to work at Druva, we would do a similar report. Uh, and I know that a couple years ago, the number we used was, it was around 50% of people that, um, suffered a cybersecurity attack in the previous year, and their number is significantly higher than that. By the way, I'll, I'll remind my, reminded me to do our disclaimer. Um, you and I work for different companies, uh, and um, although technically at this exact moment, you work for company, and I'm waiting to work for company. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, and, uh, but we're not representing the companies we work for. We, we're, we're independent. This is an in, independent podcast. And, uh, you know, the opinions that you hear are ours and, uh, things like password managers are good. <laughs> they may or may, may or may not re represent our employers and, uh, please rate us also go to your favorite, uh, podcatcher and, uh, push the rate button, give us some stars, give us some comments. We love the comments. And, uh, also if you'd like to join the conversation, reach out to me, uh, at WC Preston on Twitter. I am W dot Curtis Preston on threads. threads. Um, I wish them the best. And, uh, I am W Curtis Preston at Gmail and linkedin.com slash I N slash M R backup. If you can't find me via one of those, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, then reach out. Uh, then you have to reach out to persona. So let's go back to this, this report. So they're saying that, that in this, survey that 85% of organizations suffered at least one cyber attack in the preceding 12 months, an increase, they were saying from 76% in the prior year. And, you know, and we saw, and I think I saw a number of companies that the year before that, the number was closer to 50%. So they're saying like 85%. I mean, that's, that's darn near a hundred. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's, I'm, so here's the thing. I'm not surprised. Because right. normally you don't hear about things. I think it also is organizations are always constantly being attacked, right? And right. I think it's just the severity of the attack is what could also matter. So I think that's where, although this one is specifically ransomware threat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I would, I, I'm, I'm having to extrapolate because I remember what we, the number that we used was that it was 50% of the companies had been successfully targeted by a ransomware attack. I, I'm assuming yeah. they must mean that here. They don't say the successful um, part 
but they're saying they suffered at least one ransomware attack. They must mean successful because if it's if it's not successful, you know, it's not it's not ransomware. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, yeah. there, there has to be a well, ransom demand, right? Well, and I also wonder if it's specifically like they mentioned. Sorry, just reading through the words, right? They're mentioning right. just an attack. Right. And I don't know if that's like a cybersecurity incident versus necessarily ransomware itself. Well, they actually used the word ransomware. Okay. It, it said suffered at least one ransomware attack in 2022. Okay. Well, yeah, that's um, the end. Yeah. You're right. That It could be a matter of, yes, they probably, it may have been thwarted. Right. And they were not successful. But my guess is a good chunk of that is probably successful attacks. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, but, but that's, that's huge. I mean, that's basically that almost everybody. Right. Eighty five percent. That's basically like, like I said, it's basically almost everybody, which is why I think, you know, there's a second statistic, which um which is also interesting that 60% of organizations felt they need a significant or complete overhaul between their backup and cyber teams. Um, oh yeah. We've the, talked about that so many times on the podcast when we've had guests on the podcast, right? Where they're like, yeah, these teams just need to talk more to each other because they are kind of dependent on each other and sort of are, what the organization business relies on when things go up in smoke, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, this was interesting here. Um, the most common element of an incident response playbook is a good backup. Well, duh, right? Hmm. Um, they put uh, backup copies, you know, clean backup copies, and also backup verification, which is something that, um, you know, Veeam is probably emphasizing because they were one of the first companies to yep. offer that as a as a part of their product. I'm reading an article in InfoSecurity magazine okay. published yeah. back in May by Kevin. I cannot spell your last name. I'm sorry. It starts with a P um, that he published called Backup Repositories Targeted 93% of Ransomware Attacks. And that was actually the stat I was going to bring up, which is, yeah, they are targeting and we've talked about this right curtis that threat actors realize that backups contain the ability for organizations to recover their data and so it's a good point to not only destroy those backups so a company is more likely to pay the ransomware right but it's also an amazing place to exfiltrate data from right all everything in the organization is stored centrally and you don't need to go attack individual systems with different security levels and different security mechanisms, right? If you can attack the backup system and get in, then you now have access to all the data that's in there. So one of the things that they also talk about is sort of everyone thinks that, oh, I'll pay the ransom and that's what the people want and I'll get my data back. And I know we've had Tony from Spectra come on. And there's a huge business around cyber insurance, right? Where it's like, hey, we will protect you or help you pay off the ransom, right? Uh, you give us premiums, we'll help you just like any other car insurance, house insurance, et cetera, right? Um, and so 77% of ransoms were actually paid by insurance, but that it is becoming harder and more expensive, right? And right. I know, Curtis, I just shared an article with you as well about sort of 
how there's potential and bleeding over in the bleeping computer article, right? About how you can try to lower your cyber insurance premiums by having stronger passwords. Yeah, you're you're bleeding into our second part, dude. I know, but it, this was like a perfect <laughs> opportunity, right? Because we're talking about cyber insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, yeah, I you know they showed a bunch of people saw increased premiums, they saw increased deductibles, and they saw benefits being reduced. Uh, I think the bigger news here was that um, was that even though people paid the ransom, they didn't necessarily recover their data, right? Um, yeah. They uh, said one fourth of them of of those that that couldn't pay that, that paid the ransom still didn't get their data back. Um, yeah, one you know, they got this phrase in there. Okay, this is a big one. Uh, th- this this is this is the biggest I told you so of what I was talking about. Cyber villains were able to affect the backup repositories in seventy five percent of the attacks. Right, that's so, huge. <laughs> yeah, so bad actors targeted the backup repositories in ninety three percent of the attacks. Nearly identical, 94% of the repositories that were targeted in 2021. Um, they said that some, most, or all of the repositories were affected. Um, th- I mean, this is the most, this is the thing I've been, you know, trying to warn people about, right? Um, that you need to put different uh, layers of protection on your backup repository. And, and this will... This will sound, you know, however it sounds. I, I think this is even more so true if you are running a Windows-based uh, backup product, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my Linux bigotry showing through. Yeah. But it's, it's just a matter of statistics, right? Uh, and by the way, they are now going after VMware. They're going after Linux. It's not pure. But Windows is still the, the number one target for, for ransomware. And uh, I think that the the best solution this for the Veeam customers, um, you know, and this will be a straight up plug, but I, I do believe this strongly, this new product called Blocky for Veeam. Um, to me, it's a silver bullet. You know, we don't often see a silver bullet in the, the backup world. Um, and, uh, but basically what it is, is a file system driver that won't allow anything but Veeam itself to read and write from the backups. And so um, this would significantly hard. I think it would make the, the the Windows Veeam repository as hard, if not harder, than the Linux-based hardened repository that they offer. And I think that the advantage that this has is I think a lot of, would you agree? Well, I'm, I don't know if we have data to back this up, but, I, but I, it's one of those things of like, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that the majority of Veeam customers are very Windows-centric. Yeah. Would you think that that's, if not I Windows prob- only? Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Uh, it's just an additional hurdle you're putting for the threat actors, right? Exactly. And so yeah. if it becomes more difficult, they're just going to skip it and move on to something else, right? So it's right, additional right. protection. Yeah, the, the thing I think, um, the, the big thing, I, the reason why I was asking about the Windows-based um the uh, the Windows based question is that if you are a Windows centric shop and you don't really have any Linux systems, at, you know, creating a Linux hardened repository as your only uh, Linux system, I don't think is a good idea. Yeah, that uh, um, because it will get 
it will not be properly administered from a security perspective. What were you saying? I was, I, I was just thinking in my head, it's like asking uh, a, a, a receptionist to do heart surgery on a patient at a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. It's it, going back to the skill sets, right? Someone who's an expert at administering Windows, when you're like, hey, I need to deploy a Linux system or pick whatever other OS, right? There is some level of proficiency required in order to secure it in the proper ways. Yes, you could read best yeah. practices, but it's not the same as doing it day in, day out. Well, yeah. And, and Veeam does a good job of giving you instructions to, to create the Linux repository. But that's not the end of the story, right? Yeah. You need There's patch management, patch management, patch management, right? <laughs> so this is why I think if, if you're a Windows-only shop, if you don't have very many Linux servers, then I think it's a bad idea to add one for security reasons. I think it's actually a good reason not to add one. And so that's why the, this gives you that immutability aspect on your Windows server. Um, and, um, and yeah, they, we, you know, they are, they are a partner. If you go over there and go to blocky slash MR backup for Mr. Backup, um, they do have a discount. I think you get like, um, half off the first server or something. I don't remember exactly what the discount is. Um, and yes, we would help support the show. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea to do. And, but this idea of. It just kills me that that the cyber villains are able to affect the backups, right? Um, and they've gotten smart, right? They realize that's where a bunch of data sits. That's how people recover. So yeah. why not take it out first? Yeah, exactly. You want to talk about the next? Uh, this yeah. The, the so the next one recover? is yeah, the time to recover. I think most people think, oh, by the way, I know how long it takes me to recover say, when an application fails, right? But to recover from these attacks, you're not just recovering, like it actually says it takes at least three weeks to recover from each attack right. after the triage, right? And that's the hard part. It's you need to figure out what happened, when it happened, what servers were impacted. You might need to set up an isolated environment, right? Then you need to potentially bring in new servers or re-image uh, re them start doing your restores, make sure everything's back up and running. You have to worry about the order in which you do it. Because remember, they're not just affecting a single application where you're like, oh, my Oracle application failed. Let me figure out how to bring it back up. This is across your entire environment. So even things that you would have assumed like Active Directory being available or other things like that just to even get started don't exist. And so you're basically bootstrapping right. your company from scratch. And so I would say three weeks, it might be a conservative estimate for some companies, depending on if they've done this exercise before. Yeah, they make a point of saying that this is three weeks to recover after triage, right? And, and triage is going to be that phase that, uh, again, remember Tony said that he told, he said that it took them two to three weeks to, to triage just to figure yeah. out, um, you know, which servers have been affected, which backup policies are good. Uh, you know, et cetera. And then, and then it takes three weeks to recover. So uh, to me, that, that whole thing, that pushes you to the front end of the problem, right? Of, of yeah. doing what you can to avoid the attack in the first place. Because if you do get the attack, you know, even if you have a decent backup system, it's going to take you quite a long time to, um, you know, to recover. Yeah. And and I, I don't know if they would 
talk about this. I don't think that they talk about this in the uh, report, but one of the things also that I know some of the other cybersecurity experts we've had, guests we've had on the podcast that they mention is once you've been hit, right, people are going to try hitting you again and again and again, right? So yeah, it's then this is not even just about like while you're in the process. I know they talk later about risks of reinfection and other things like that, but this is just once you're a known target and people are out there who know about it, they're going to try to exploit you again and again and again. Right. Which isn't even covered in this. Like, so each time you get this attack, right, it's three weeks plus triage time. Just imagine constantly. It's like, Hey, open season, come attack me. Right. Yeah. Um, The, uh, I like, I like the, you know, the, the numbers they had about using, you know, that 80, they're saying 82% used uh, some sort of immutable cloud offering either a service or using uh, cloud storage in a hyperscaler, uh, which I think um, and they also put that 14% uh, that tape still mattered. Does that warm uh, your heart, Curtis? It warms my, warms my little tape heart. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, tape, tape has a lot of things going against it, but um, immutability isn't one of them. Right. The, yeah. the, the, the the ability to take that tape out and set it on a shelf and make it, making it immune to any kind of cyber attack um, until we get to robot managed tape libraries. <laughs> and by that, I mean like, like AI, like actual robots, right? Not, you know, not, not a tape yeah. robot. Yeah. This would be and a then, tape robot, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and like then a at humanoid some point, robot be... moving tapes around. Yeah, and then at some point, someone is probably going to be a prompt, a malicious prompt engineer who injects bad data into the model such that now even that's not safe. Just saying. Okay, we can only, we can only, we can only, um, um, do so much. Only do so much. Um, this, this, this last one, or this stat, I, I, I was confused. Um, the 56% Here's the headline. Run. No, this was 71% would recover to a cloud. 81% would use the data center. I'm very confused by that headline. Um, the it, it must be one of these where obviously it's more than more than 100%. You're, well, you're asking two separate questions rather than an, this or that. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I think so. Um, Said so 19% only plan to recover to a cloud, 29% only plan to recover to on-prem servers, and 52% have plans that include both cloud and on-prem recovery. I think they added those two numbers together or something yeah. to uh, to come up with that. Um, and I yeah. think that makes sense, right? I think you need to have options because you don't know what this blast radius is for some of like for the attack and it might be better right rather than trying to move an entire workload to the cloud to recover right maybe you do have the gear to just spin it up locally and that just makes life easier versus maybe it's a full data center outage caused by ransomware attack where no you have no other choice because you can't get the equipment in time right so spin it up wherever you can yeah that's why i'm such a fan of the cloud for dr and cyber recoveries right is that you know, when you when you do a, a, a disaster recovery or you do a, a cyber recovery, what you need is a whole bunch of hardware right now, and you don't want to pay it until you need it, right? Um, and, and 
I, the only way I know to do that is the cloud, right? Why are you Why are you nodding your head back and forth? So while I agree with that, I think when you get to a certain scale, remember the cloud isn't something magical. It is still the cloud is magic. Server. Persona, I know, I know, but I'm just caveating it. That says, even though the cloud allows you to spin up those resources quickly, you, depending mm -hmm. on how large your environment is, it may not actually be feasible to spin it up in a cloud. Right? They just may not have the free capacity. I think that the number of companies that cannot do that are relatively small but I you agree, are correct but i'm just saying you are yes. correct yeah um <laughs> if any of those companies are listening to this podcast we would love to hear from you i would love to hear how you're doing dr uh without the cloud and, and it's probably the answer is you know it's a warm site or a hot site or a significantly long rto yeah. um and um or they have more money than than Amazon. We used to say more money than God. Now I just say more money than Amazon. Um, <laughs> or Apple, more money than Apple. Um, so let's move on to, the, to this, this, the password manager thing. This, I think, was the coolest headline ever. And, you know, and, and honestly, they, the headline actually downplays it somewhat. Strengthening password security may lower cyber insurance premiums. I would put it like this. Want lower cyber insurance premiums? Get a damn password manager. That's the, that's the way I would put it. They put in here. Um, so this was, the, this was the, the, the biggest thing here. Spec Ops research shows that an analysis of 800 million breach passwords. That's a lot of breach passwords. 83% of compromised passwords satisfied the password length and complexity requirements of regulatory password standards standards yep still not good enough so yeah not good enough right um and so and that that's both length and um complexity, special characters right? yeah yep. right all that stuff right so um the uh but the, what they're saying is that if if you can prove that you have a password manager and mfa you get a significant reduction in your cyber insurance coverage. Yeah. And I think this goes back to, right, cyber insurers aren't idiots, right? They're there to make money. They're not going to insure someone, right, unless they meet a certain bar where they know, yes, things are good. You're doing all the right precautions, right, that it's not highly likely that some idiotic situation is going to cause you to be breached. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I think that when we go back to the beginning of the of the cyber insurance world, the the insurers were definitely caught flat-footed yep. with um, with the explosion of ransomware, and they are now triaging that, and they're yep. basically saying, "Hey, when when you renew, uh, one of the first things they're saying is we're excluding ransomware." Um, and but now what they're saying, uh, this is this is what I'm hearing, an all too common statement and this is just another article that's backing that up and that is that if you don't if you can't prove to your insurance company that you don't have good password management and mfa uh basically that's not the only things but those are the two, i'd say that's the one and the two uh the other one being patch management if you don't 
if you can't prove that you have that, you might not be able to get cyber insurance, period. Uh, and then number two, that if you can prove it and you can prove that not only do you have, let's say, a good password management policy, you have an automated password management system and you have a way to ensure that people don't use old passwords and people don't repeat passwords. Because, by the way, a password manager won't necessarily do that. Yeah. Right. It, it will. It will. I know this for a fact. I put you. right. I, you know, th- because every once in a while I'll be like, I don't have time for this right now. I'm going to I'm just going to do a quick password. Um, and, um, uh, and I store that on my password manager and my password manager will tell me later, Hey, you shouldn't have done that, but it's not going to enforce that. Now that may be the case in a corporate password manager. They may be able to, they may be able to, may be able to put policies in place that don't allow you to repeat passwords because that's one of the things that I saw ah, in one of the articles we looked at yeah. was that the hackers are increasingly becoming more interested in, they, they don't need to hack your passwords when they know that one of the passwords has already been compromised. Hacked. And so yeah. the, the really common thing to do is to reuse that password in a bunch of places. And, um, and so they don't have to hack your password. They just have to steal it from some other place yep. and then try that password. Uh, and then poof, they're in. Especially yep. if you don't have what persona? MFA. MFA, exactly. MFA is your friend, man. I don't know why I started sounding like the dude from the Big Le- Big Lebowski the there. Yes. Um yeah. I mean, again, I will I will put I will I will stand here and say, stand here, sit here. I will sit here and say, I was a latecomer to MFA, right? I but I eventually said I'm going to do this for anything that matters, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a unique password and I'm going to use MFA. And then I, and now I get upset when something that matters doesn't have real Support MFA, it. right? Yeah. Um, what was I logging into? Where uh, real oh, is I, defined as non-email, non-SMS MFA. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I was logging into... A financial thing. I won't say what, what it was for obvious reasons, but I was logging into a financial organization and the only MFA they offer is SMS. And I was like, that just makes me angry, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so I've gone, I've gone from being, um, you know, uh, a latecomer to being a staunch proponent. So password managers and MFA, password managers and MFA, and um, pass, or, uh, patch management, right? Yeah. Uh, for all the things, including your backup server, including yep. your backup server. I don't know. I don't know how, how many times I got to say, put your backup server. I, I think it should be at the front of the line um, because it's your last line of defense, right? But it's never there. But it's just never there. Just, just make sure it's in the line and make sure that the line doesn't take three months. Right. The line, <laughs> the line you know, uh, a, a big critical like all patches are not created equal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have an example yeah. of all a patch patches. that like matters more. Uh, like uh, like uh, remote code execution 
is yeah. probably a poor a system yeah. that's on the internet facing is probably a lot more important than say something for a small that is sort of a potential exploit that can only be uncovered if you have physical access to a system with the memory dump. Right. Yeah. I, I um I, I would yeah. I you know it's like here, you know, here are the top ten things, right? One of the one of the top ten things I think would be review those systems that are directly accessibly via the internet and ask yourself, do they need to be? Yeah. Right. Uh, number one. And then number two is um, block it outgoing internet access except on required ports, uh, one of which will be port 80, yeah. and then go and block um, the, um, the, the known like data sharing sites. Um, you know, like the, the obvious one is like, like Dropbox and things like that, but there are other more nefarious sites that literally yeah. just share all Pace sorts spin. of malware and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. yeah. Block all those sites on port 80. Uh, and then and then anything else uh, should be like outgoing from your server to the wild, wild Internet should be blocked until you ha have a reason otherwise. Right. Backup ports might be an example of something that you open up, but only like explicitly. Right. Yeah. Uh, to certain places, not to every place, because that also could be used for data, data exfiltration. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we told you so, right? All these reports are just confirming the stuff that we've been saying. And so we hope that you're listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we've got other episodes, don't we, Persona? Oh, yeah. Just a, quite a, just a couple. Not many. Just a couple. Uh, just a few hundred out there. Uh, be sure to um, check out the, you know, the back catalog. Uh, just listen to us, uh, you know, on Apple podcasts or whatever, you know, whatever podcast, uh, podcatcher you happen to listen to, or go to backup central and you can watch video versions and you can see, you can see us. Mugs. Yeah. Um, and, um, you can see my thoughts? beard grow in, you can see, you can see <laughs> the beard grow in real time. If you go back. So it's what three years now, right? It's been over three years, uh, over three years. Yeah. Did we have video that whole time though? I'm not sure if we have uh, it for that whole time. Oh, I don't know how long back it goes. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, you could go back to when Persona had a normal size beard and hair. <laughs> um yeah, they don't they can't quite see the length of your ponytail though. Yeah, they can't. Because it's yeah, it's, it's back it's here. Way down there. Yeah. yeah. Um and you wear a black shirt and that can that concealing it today. But yes. Um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to start switching to a gray shirt, but um shh. Thanks, Curtis. You're Mr. welcome. Santa Claus, there. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I owned I owned up to it a long time ago. Yeah, I remember it was a few years ago when my daughter looked at my license and she's like, "Would we say brown?" Because <laughs> <laughs> the license has brown oh, yeah. on there. And she's like, "Really? <laughs> really?" I'm like, "Ouch." Anyway, well, uh, thanks for listening, folks, and be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all.